0: I'm a feminist, but sometimes I can't believe the patriarchy let us have makeup. They usually steal all the good stuff. With makeup, you can conceal and reveal and play. You realize most men wake up, look in the mirror and think, well, that's as good as I'm going to look all day. Now, obviously, I don't need makeup and I love my face just as it is, except for some tinted moisturizer and and maybe a little liquid eyeliner if I'm going to see people. And okay, I've got high cheekbones. So the big thing that makes a real difference for me if I'm feeling the need for some confidence, is blush. A month ago, the lovely people at NARS sent me an orgasm. What? No, not that kind of, yeah. They sent me NARS Orgasm Blush, their most iconic cult product. The seductively soft and blendable powder that delivers a natural rush of color to the cheeks, if you get my meaning. A peachy pink with a gold shimmer that they've really put the hours in on, so it suits everybody. Now I'm a feminist, but my natural beauty is predicated on a team of experts. And the good people in the lab at NARS are some of those experts. Did you know NARS is the number one blush brand in the UK? Turns out there's a reason for that. I now keep NARS Orgasm Blush in my handbag because I like to slick a little on in the morning with a soft brush to give me a really natural look as I walk out the door, and I'm always running late. In the evening, I do a more dramatic sweep and I blend, 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 blend for a really extra glowy cheek. I'll be honest, sometimes I do that if I'm staying at home, not even seeing anyone. I'm just in my pyjamas. It just makes me feel good. Once it's on, I can't feel a thing except confidence. It's modern. It's audacious. It's iconic. Am I talking about me? No, I'm talking about NARS orgasm blush and me. Nars embraces individuality and inspires self-expression because the colours and shimmers are all about play and sensation. There's a million ways of wearing them. As pop goddess Self-Esteem tells us, we need to prioritise pleasure. There's no one way to experience pleasure, though. For me, there's something delicious about planning a date night, sexual encounter, or even letting off steam with friends that really psychs my pleasure centres. I don't have a lot of time for this, so dressing up, fishnets, the right bra, lipstick, and a sweep of NARS Orgasm Blush is a one-way ticket to Pleasure Town. Even if I don't have long there, I always feel refreshed and empowered, and more like me after I've been. What brings you pleasure? What kind of pleasure do you embrace unapologetically, if any? Do whatever works for you. I love makeup, and my new lover is the rush of NARS Orgasm Blush, the peachy pink shade that started it all. This weightless, buildable blush is also available in a mini size, so you can get your glow on, on the go. Did I mention I'm always in a rush? Always in a rush for the blush. Shop now at nars.co.uk and get 15% off with the code GUILTY15. I'm a feminist, but... (laughs) Hello, Stratford-upon-Avon. It's the Guilty Feminist, and I'm a feminist, but... When we were asked to play the Royal Shakespeare Company here in Stratford-upon-Avon, I googled, was Shakespeare a feminist? This is what came up on the internet, this and only this. Was Shakespeare actually a feminist? No. (laughs) He wasn't. Being a feminist just wasn't a thing in England 400 years ago. The word feminism didn't exist till the 1890s and gender equality wasn't exactly a hot button topic. And I thought, I want to come anyway, though. Because I love him. And I definitely would. <laughs> I just, I've got an English degree, you know, from Oxford, and I still googled, was Shakespeare a feminist? <laughs> so I can't really remember, it was ages ago. Was he? No, definitely not. I know he wasn't. Unless, in fact, he was a woman or a bunch of women. Just give us a cheer if you think Shakespeare was, in fact, a bunch of women. <laughs> I don't think he was, but I love your confidence. (laughs) We're up for a good night.
2: I'm a feminist, but... But when I am backstage at a guilty feminist gig and I'm peeking at the audience and I spy a cluster, a smattering of apparently heterosexual cis men, you know, some regular OG blokes, some Tom, Dick and Harrys, when I see some apparently heterosexual men at a guilty feminist gig, I just shake my head and think, those brave boys. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to war. They're not in a bunker. They're just normal (laughs) The knight is young and there's some serious swords backstage. You should see them. There are swords. They're normal men, Deborah. They're innocent men.
0: <laughs> Listen, we can't make assumptions about who anyone is, but if you are a straight, cisgendered man, just give us a cheer. Hey. Oh, that was quite, quite Shakespearean from over here. Hey! They sounded perky. This very night, we shall take feminism to the court. But those ones over there, one more woo! Um, less convincing, if I'm honest. <laughs> You sounded too happy.
2: We'll, so, we'll stamp that out of them. <laughs> Whoa, oh, you're Sophie's kidding. getting cancelled.
0: Yeah, no, we love you. Thank you very much for coming, men. We'll talk to you in a minute.
3: I'm a feminist, but... <laughs> if I'm ever out and about, or if I go to an event by myself, my first thought is, oh, yeah, someone's probably writing a book about this. <laughs> Basically a suffragette. <laughs> Basically what? Sorry, I pronounced it correctly. Oh, Basically what? Suffragettes. Uh, oh, suffragettes. suffragettes.
0: <laughs> oh, suffragettes. What is there. Suffragette. Audience, that was way funny that you gave it credit for. <laughs> you just didn't understand that suffragettes was, uh, in fact, French for
3: suffragettes. I'll make sure to mispronounce all French words from now on. <laughs> it was both funny and also classy. We love you for being French. Uh,
0: could you please give us a little steer on which way your election's going to go? Please don't say. Oh, Le Pen.
3: Macron just went through. Le Pen. Yeah. What, do so you, what Le- does that mean? Went through. What does that mean? Shh. So that means he won. No, I, he can not won I, yet. It's I only think, today. I think it's like 58 percent. So he's. Oh, so they do know. I mean, based on statistics. Oh. <laughs> I think it's yeah, this over 58% thought, unless, unless she's got some sneaky percents. it <laughs> has gone 58%. That's incredible because our yeah. election we wouldn't know by now. Another so. another four years of not her. Yes.
0: <laughs> another four years of not her. Come yeah. on.
3: Yeah. I, I love it when women lose. It
0: feels bad <laughs> at a feminist show to shout another four years of not her. <laughs> it's like four less years. <laughs> four. <laughs> it's four fewer years. Fewer,
3: fewer Oh, you a, were... test, a taste of your own medicine. <laughs> a taste of my own medicine.
0: Medicine. Oui, oui. Why do I like this? Feminist. Feminist. Oui, oui. oui, oui. We're fl- the rest of you can go, we're flirting now. Just, <laughs> it's just that Celia France, nothing sexier than me just saying English words with a, fem- with a, with a French accent. I nearly said a feminist accent then.
3: <laughs> Which is any accent because of the world. Oh. That was inspiring. That really was inspiring. <laughs> in a way. Oh, that's Jess Robertson. Yeah, Woo. I'm a feminist, but... Woo.
4: I'm a feminist, but now my husband has broken his leg. Uh, I am really, really worried because after six years together, he's finally going to realise that I am not too weak to take the
0: bins out. <laughs> You're going to have to do very limited things while he's on his back. I mean, sorry. sorry.
4: (laughs) We already do, to be honest.
5: (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... um, When I found out um, that tonight we would be performing at the RSC in actual Stratford upon a charred raft covering (laughs) a potential dark, moody, beautiful mouth portal, probably into actual hell... (laughs) Uh, Instead of thinking, cool, and being horny on the gravitas of this, and thinking, this is a career-high moment that I'm going to remember and tell as my grandkids, I thought, oh, typical. Well, that would be the one night I was planning to wear heels. (laughs) (laughs) Are we
0: ready to start the show? (laughs) Then welcome, welcome, welcome to the Guilty Feminist, Stratford-upon-Avon. Welcome my lords, my leisures and my non-binary gentles, where are you at? It's the Guilty Feminists. Thank you so much for coming. I need to tell you something. I'm just going to put my phone down because I only brought it so I could read you that bit off the internet. But listen, we are over a pit of quicksand. They told us there'll be quicksand and the microphones for the stand-up will be at the front, and then the sofa for the chat will be at the back, and you will have to get over the quicksand. And I was like, I feel prepared for this, because I watched a lot of television as a child. (laughs) And it was all about quicksand. I was so excited. It does add a jeopardy. And then they said, we'll put some boards over for you, so you don't have to go around. Because at first, I think, they were just thinking... Try and jump off there, onto there, around there. Then they were like, we think we should put some boards over the top. But this is the first night I haven't worn my heels. I was going to anyway, because I love Jeopardy. And Jessica Fosterkew banned me. She said, after a certain age, rudely. If you twist your ankle, it takes a while to heal. Um, Rude, rude. She said she was talking about herself, but I still felt the barbs. Um, This is exciting, isn't it? This is so... Do you know what it feels like to me? This is the first show I've ever played where we are literally standing over the patriarchy which wants to suck us into its dark place if we should teeter then we might fall into the sunken place Um, and but i feel like a shakespearean warrior like i will prevail (laughs) except they normally usually die don't they in the third act that's what worries me um, I need to tell you this. Uh, we've been on the road for three nights in a row now, because touring used to be like five, six nights in a row. But uh, post the lockdown, everyone everyone who can use a microphone is touring at the same time. So you have to do two nights here, three nights there. So we've been three nights on the road with this cast. We've been to Liverpool. <laughs> Apparently, Stratford-upon-Avon and the people in the surrounding towns are not big fans of Liverpool. <laughs> If you're listening, Liverpool, and you're a guilty feminist, because this is being podcast, please note that's how they feel about you. I'll give you another chance in case Tom wants to edit in a better cheer. We've been to Liverpool. So fake, Liverpool. So fake. Did you hear that? Did you hear the before and after? They want you to love them enough to come to their shows, but they're not fucking coming to yours. Um, uh, And we've been to Sheffield. And when you're touring on on the road every night, you start to compare towns. I don't normally tell audiences this because you wouldn't but I feel I do need to tell you um, because I feel like Stratford-upon-Avon is full of high achievers. (laughs) I feel like you're real type A's. No one lives here on purpose or in the surrounds unless they are really very clever and interested in very, very clever things. Uh, so Liverpool was a riot, you know, it is, it is. Every town has their own sort of uh, way about them. I always say that, like Dublin, they know how to bring a rock concert to a podcast recording. Uh, but in Newcastle, it's more like a revolution. Glasgow's more like a riot. Manchester's more like a cultural festival. But with the most fun people who would go to that. Um, Plymouth is a hen night. I'm telling you. Listen, if Plymouth's listening, they're like, yeah, we fucking are. Um, uh, Liverpool... Uh, really, you know, it has that kind of edge to it where uh, I s- shout... I said, um, I said, uh, shout-out if you're more uh, guilty than feminist. And the whole audience went, woo! And I said, shout-out if you're more feminist than guilty. It was one woman. <laughs> one woman. Whereas Sheffield were a 50-50, and they were like, yes, we've come to party, but also just a very serious activism. Um, now, I feel already, in the nicest possible way, that you've brought more intellect than spirit. <laughs> I don't mean to be... It's just normally when they see, when I say, I'm famous, feminist butch, everyone cheers. Yeah, la, la. And when the next community comes out, I'm a feminist butch, they usually, everyone's like, woo! Whereas what you did is, woo! <laughs> um, which is fine, it's a Radio 4 response, I get that. That's who you are. <laughs> be true to yourselves, Stratford-upon-Avon, be true to yourselves. <laughs> be true to yourself and then, and then, what's the rest of the quote? Thou can be not false to any man? Something like that? Somebody here knows it. But, to to self be true. And then... <laughs> oh, well, if you don't know the end of that quote, you're going to have to do some much louder whooping. I will accept either intellect or spirit. Do you even know who's... Listen, if nobody here knows whose speech that is, Polonius, thank you. And who was Polonia saying it to? And And why was he saying it to him? Yeah, this is better, this is better. I think we found the man over here. Were you the one that knows? Yes. On his way to where? College. Yes, you're an American. Isn't it embarrassing when they know more? It's humiliating, isn't it, when they know more. They come here, they don't pronounce things correctly, but it's irritating, isn't it? Because his father is on his way to college, the son's on his way to college, so he's giving him a lecture, and I'm sorry, university, university, so, I don't know, how do you say university? Say it? University. University, I can't do the R's. <laughs> university, is that better? I just have to say it slowly. Yeah, is that good? Thank you. Thank you, Henry Higgins.
6: Um,
0: American Henry Henry, Henry Higgins. Um, so uh, do you know any more of that speech? Can you give us a little bit more? No. <laughs> so you're the only one who knows and you've forgotten? Oh, wow. You've forgotten and that's the problem. You, you interest me, sir. Uh, tell me more about you and why you're here. You're a tourist, you're visiting. Oh, did you think this was going to be Shakespeare? <laughs> oh, no! Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You've just come to the RSC like, whatever's on, two tickets for whatever's on, you've said. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so, so sorry. Did you think the guilty feminist was like a reworking of the Taming of the Shrew? <laughs> this has gone massively wrong for you, sir, I'm so sorry. Look, I'm going to do a bit of the Taming of the Shrew tonight for you. Yeah, I'm going to do a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit. Me and Jess Foster-Q and I will plan a bit at the back. and We'll do a little bit for you. Are you genuinely tourists? No. Who, who are you with? My husband. You're with your husband. Yes. And you, you, the two of you just said, let's go and see what's on at the RSC. And it was us. Not quite, but, Not quite, but close. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind as well. He's kind, isn't he? He's been kind to me. So you thought, we'll go and see what's on. You were hoping for a little like King Lear and they said that's not on tonight we're really sorry the Shakespeare's on the other night are you here long enough to see some Shakespeare? oh yeah we saw both, both plays right? both plays what's on here at the moment Henry VI Henry VI Henry VI both plays oh part one and part two okay um, so that's how educated he is both plays Henry VI <laughs> people here have gone that's only one play <laughs> even I even I even I did English at Oxford I suddenly went, oh no that is two plays yes thank you part one part two I've seen them both, so I saw them in a marathon once. It ended with Richard III. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was so exciting, because when Richard III turns up in Henry VI, part two? Part three. Part three thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there Henry VI, part one, two, three? Yeah, Henry VI, part one, two, three, then Richard Third. Richard That's what we saw in the marathon. Nice. It was three plays, and nobody has spotted that. Nobody, except, sorry, what's your name? Bruce. Bruce. Nobody spotted that except Bruce. Stratford-upon-Avon. It's it's listen, it's shocking. Did somebody spot it but not were you too nervous to say? Because you did. Well, just say next time. You're feminists. Don't just sit there in the dark with you hiding your knowledge under a bushel. That's not feminist. If a man had known, he would have said. He did.
6: That's
0: all I'm saying. Uh, so you, you saw, what, you saw part one, you've you seen part one and two, but then three is not on currently. Yeah, they, they kind of condensed all three into two. They condensed all three into two, the modern world. We don't have the attention span. Was it really a TikTok? <laughs> it's a series of TikToks, which ended with I smile and murder while I smile that went into sort of some kind of, you know, riff. Does anyone know that quote? I smile and murder while I smile? Murder as I smile? Come on, Stratford. Come on! Someone must know, I smile and murder as I smile. smile, and smile and be a villain, no, but he says, I murder as I smile, doesn't he? No, it's Richard 3rd isn't it? I smile and murder as I smile. Right, who's in charge of Google? Yes, you are? Richard Third! come on! <laughs> I mean, I'm dredging stuff up here. I'm dredging stuff up, and I'm so delighted to have done it. feels like you taught me English now, and I've, d- and I've done it. I've risen to the occasion for you. What's your name? No, it's not. It's Miss... <laughs> it's not Helen. It's not Helen to me. I can't call you Helen. What? Can I call you Miss Somebody? Or just Miss? Just Miss. I'll just call you... <laughs>
6: this
0: has got to be exciting now, hasn't it? <laughs> So we have Bruce and Miss, I can't call her Miss, that's not right, is it? I'll call you Miss Helen because I feel awkward calling you Miss for all sorts of complicated reasons that I, listen, listen. I said I was aroused by it, not that I approve of it. Uh, Those are two different things and it must always be kept discreet. Um, So just give us a cheer if you are from Stratford-upon-Avon. Just give us a cheer if you're from somewhere else. Oh, this explains it. Okay. Where else are you from? Just give us, just chat up. Germany? Have you come from Germany especially for this? Yeah,
4: for this and for another podcast show, my dad wrote a porno, so...
0: (laughs) You came for this and my dad wrote a porno. (laughs) Definitely more guilty than feminist. It could have been worse, Bruce. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse, Bruce. Yeah, we could have been, my dad wrote a porno on here tonight. I don't think they'd let them in. I like to think they have standards, uh, like anything wrong with my dad wrote a porno, I just don't think it suits the venue, sorry my dad wrote porno, listen I'm sure you do a wonderful, maybe he'd write some Shakespearean porn for them, I'm so wrong so sorry, I have so much respect for you I take it all back, Uh, so you came from Germany for two podcasts, yes are you seeing us anywhere else? Um,
3: I'm I'm going to London to see my dad
0: wrote a porno, okay, okay great well we're, we're, okay great, well I'm doing a stand-up show there next week, so come and see that as well at Soho Theatre, okay sold another ticket are you, are you in London in the next couple of weeks, Bruce? <laughs> I've got a brilliant stand-up show. It's about how I opened my marriage, came out as bisexual, and then uh, also how I did a, a therapeutic dose of mushrooms and went in. So it's about going out and coming, coming out and going in. <laughs> it's right up your street. I think it probably is right up Bruce's street. You're from San Francisco, Bruce. You look like you're from San Francisco. <laughs> you're from Philadelphia. Okay. Um, is that a very... Uh, is that a very? It feels like that's a very cultural town. Is that a very cultural city? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're doing the? Are you doing the grand tour at the moment? Limited tour. Okay. I, are you? Gonna, are you telling me I've got to get off? Yeah. I I want to delve more into Bruce, but <laughs> my tour manager's telling me to get off. I've done nothing that I said I would do. Nothing. Just give us a cheer if you're more guilty than feminist. Give us a cheer if you're more feminist than guilty. Same people cheered for both. I have no (laughs) respect. I've got no respect. Listen, listen. Sheffield was the, I'll be honest with you, It was the best show of the tour so far. We've done like probably eight dates now and it was the best show of the tour. You're judging us, but honestly, you're constantly being held up to a Sheffield standard, because that's where we were last night. That's the truth. People will be backstage going, they're not as good as Sheffield. What a shame. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm not... As we judge you all the time, Sheffield were the finest audience of their generation. <laughs> if you can do better, show us. <laughs> Our first comedian is an incredible comic. You will have seen her from all over the television. She's currently on Taskmaster. <laughs> Uh, you don't know what means, Bruce, but it's impressive. And uh, she's a guilty, f- fast becoming a guilty feminist favorite. Uh, you will love her comedy. Put your hands together and make an incredible woohooing noises for the wonderful Sophie Duker. <laughs>
2: are great. <laughs> Hello, this is cool, isn't it? Yes. To be here in Stratford-upon-Avon on the very spot where Shakespeare shot himself. Presumably.
6: <laughs> I loved
2: studying Shakespeare. I also did English literature. Anyone study Shakespeare? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, some nerds of the board are in the house. Love Shakespeare. Shakespeare, also filthy, right? Lots of sex in Shakespeare. I don't, I'm gonna talk about some sexy stuff tonight. Um, I don't know why I just <laughs> <laughs> exposed a tit. <laughs> Uh, I will speak about the tit tonight. Um, I feel like uh, it's a very dangerous thing because I don't normally talk about sex on stage. Like, Shakespeare spoke about sex on stage, but I don't like to speak about sex. I don't like to speak about who I'm seeing. I don't like to speak about who I'm shagging. I don't like to speak about which strictly judges I wank off to. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) Apart from Anton. (laughs) I think the reason for that is, is something that was told to me by a very theatrical man of television, a TV producer, was told to me by a TV producer very early on in my career that audiences like yourselves don't like female comedians like me. That's not it, don't worry. Audiences like yourselves don't like female comedians like me who are sexy. <laughs> or political. Ooh, I know, which sucks for me because all of my best anecdotes are about topping Rishi Sunak. (laughs) Eat out to help (laughs) out. More like neg me than peg me. It's very nice to be here. I'm not sure if I performed in Stratford-upon-Avon before. If you haven't seen me, you will, of course, have noticed by this point that I am an openly black comedian. (laughs) Thank you. I'm black all the time. I'm uh, <laughs> super-duper black, B-L-A-C-K black, B-A-M-E black, and minority ethnic black six days a week. <laughs> On the seventh day, I chill like God or Craig David. <laughs> but I feel like you here in Stratford-Borne-Avon, you're cool. I mean, it's a very... I mean, I can, lots of you are reflecting the light back at me, but I think... <laughs> You're cool, you're down, you know black people, you're intellectuals, you know all the greats, you know, Shakespeare, Marlowe, Stormzy, I feel <laughs> at home. You know the moor? <laughs> Not the grassy bit outside, but the actual <laughs> Othello. Um, who said yes? You, you know the moor? Hello, what's your name? Bruce. Bruce, oh! <laughs> God! I was going to say, I w- after, at the start of the show where I made a sly dig at men, I wasn't going to interact with any men tonight, but Bruce, you really just popped out <laughs> of the audience. Um, I would like you to do me a favour though, Bruce, um, just to prove on behalf of, are you from Stratford-upon-Avon? <laughs> are you, wait, are you not, you're not the American? <laughs> <sighs> Bruce, <laughs> I genuinely can't. I'm so charmed. Um, okay, uh, I feel like, um, I won't ask you to do this, you'll all see why when I pick someone else, but from you, <laughs> I think it would make uh, the audience uncomfortable. So I'm going to choose, is there a British man in the audience? Yes. <laughs> I heard a whoop, I don't know if it was from a British man or someone just hoping there was. <laughs> was it Was it from a British man? Yes! yes! Uh, not just some thirsty bitch. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, What's your name, British man? Benjamin. Benjamin, lovely, classic (laughs) classic name. Um, (laughs) Benjamin, I want you uh, just to, and you're from Stratford-upon-Avon, say yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) You are in Stratford-upon-Avon? Yes. Yeah, okay, this is a long experiment. What I want you to do for me is I just want you to uh, say the word black. Black. Okay. No, that was good. That was really good. I am black. I want you to say black. But the thing about this, Benjamin, who I can't see, um, I don't know if you're melanated or not, but I cannot see you. <laughs> I want you to say black, Benjamin, but I want it to sound like a hate crime. Oh, come on. I want you to say black just a little louder. I want you to sound like Charles when he found out about Megan. Just a little... <laughs> I want you to shout it onto the stage. Can you please say black for me? Oh! Whoa! No, what well, I loved about that—that that was a little bit Andrew because the contempt just leaped out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it! Okay, can everyone on this side of the room please say black? black. Can I everyone on this side of the room say black louder? Black. Everyone in the middle say black. black. Everyone say black. Yes, this gig is getting reported. Uh, you got to get used to saying black, guys, because there are so many great black things. It's just a word. You've got black tea, you've got black jack, you've got black birds like me. If you want a black coffee, just call it a black coffee. Not an African-Americana. <laughs> And I didn't used to be so cool with this. Like when I was little, I didn't used to be exactly ashamed of my race, but I never wanted to be associated with anything that could be seen stereotypically black. And it followed me all my life. So when I was younger, when I was in school, if I was in PE, if ever a basketball would come flying at top speed towards my face, instead of catching that basketball in the air, dribbling it towards the nearest net and slam dunking the thing, as I naturally would, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) I just let it hit me in the face and roll away. (laughs) When I got a bit older, I started going to the club. Are we familiar with the club, Stratford-upon-Avon? Yes, the club at the end of the street. When I started going to the club with my friends, I had mainly white friends, and when I ever went to the club and I was dancing with my friends, I would deliberately dance less well on purpose (laughs) so that the white people wouldn't be intimidated. (laughs) There'd always be one black person in the room watching me unfolded like, you're disrespecting yourself. (laughs) I'd just be in there in the mood, moving like Miley Cyrus. (laughs) He tried so hard, I tried so hard, I was little, basically to pass as white. I did all the white things. I bought pesto. (laughs) I said tissue. (laughs) And I got really dangerously into Jamie T. (laughs) Sheila goes out with her mate Stella. Gets bored all over her fella. Because she said, man, he ain't no better than the next man kicking up fuss. Drunk, she stumbles down by the river, screams, calling. Yeah, Jamie T. Drink is in the house. Okay, I'm going to catch Bruce up. <laughs> I am speaking, Bruce, our American friend. I am speaking about the era of Jamie T. Pete T. Jack Pignotti. Jedward. I am speaking about a very specific era of British music, the era of the edgy pop boys. So before this, we had the boy bands, you know, the Take That, the end sync, the Backstreet Boys, the rubbery, squeaky clean boy bands, and they were not edgy at all. The only edge a boy band member ever brought to the boards, ever brought to the stage, was the palpable energy that one of them, just one, was secretly gay. <laughs> but then came the edgy boys, the scrawny kings of the noughties. Not one of the boys I have just mentioned was over the age of 25, and yet they all moved like heroin grandpas. (laughs) What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? (laughs) No, it's your boyfriend, and he moves like a daddy long legs. (laughs) I spent my late teens, arguably the sexiest time in one's teens, just sort of lusting over these gurning predators. So I'd be at like at a house party with like a Pete Doherty lookalike, and he'd have the whole edgy white boy starter kit. He had the skinny jeans, roly fag, unacceptable body odor. <laughs> he'd always be talking about one of his two favourite subjects, which was always in the noughties either dubstep or himself. <laughs> I'd be sitting there listening to him, he'd be playing the guitar and at some point I'd finally pluck up the courage to cut him off mid-sentence put my hand on his shoulder and go, mate I really like you and then he'd look at me and you'd look at him and he'd look at me and then he'd lean in for a kiss and he'd just sort of <laughs> thumb MDMA into your mouth <laughs> and because you in an insecure teenage girl, you were just like, wow I think he's in love with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Stratford it upon and that is my time. I've been Sophie Juker. You have an incredible night ahead of you. Sophie for everybody.
0: <laughs> Isn't she amazing? This is some strong work on the applause Stratford-upon-Avon because this podcast is is a global podcast. It's biggest in the UK, but it is all over the world. So globally, you are telling the world how feminist Stratford-upon-Avon is. If it's timid, it's not going to look good for you. And it's going to be... It's going to sit on the internet forever. It's going to be on your record, blotting your copybook forever. It's going to be like if your A-level results haunted you for the rest of your life, as I know they do. (laughs) I don't care about that kind of stuff because I'm a freewheeling comedian. But you, most of you, I know, still care about your GCSEs. <laughs> Just give us a cheer if you're clever. <laughs> Feminists! I've asked you, are you clever? And like about five people have gone, yes. <laughs> what? Of course you're clever. What? Give us a cheer if you're clever. <laughs> Give us a cheer if you're powerful. Give us a cheer if you're feminist. Great. What did you get for your GCSEs? Lots of A's. Lots of A's. Of course, you did. You're in the front row. (laughs) Bruce, uh, how's the show for you? Great. Great. Is it anything like what you're expecting? No. What did you think it was going to be? I thought it was Shakespeare. (laughs) If you're listening at home, Bruce thought it was Shakespeare. In the second half, we've got some guests from the Royal Shakespeare Company, so that'll be nice, absolutely. They'll be on that sofa over there, Bruce, so you'll get to meet them, and they are obviously better than us. Um, But in the meantime, but in the meantime, uh, are you ready for some more stand-up comedy? Then allow me to spin my feminist but Shakespearean cloak just to give Bruce something. Uh. (laughs) That's right. Is it feeling a little bit more Shakespearean for you now? Yes, absolutely. I could do this. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I could die later. <laughs> I could come out disguised as a youth. <laughs> the next comedian, she's a phenomenal new comedian. Catch her now while she's still able to come on the Guilty Feminist stage because soon she won't be bookable because she'll be all over your TV. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the wonderful Celia A.B. <laughs>
3: everyone. Are you well? This is really lovely. My name is Celia Aby. I'm from Paris. Correct. (laughs) I did a really quirky thing, though, where about seven years ago I moved from Paris to Birmingham, willingly. (laughs) (laughs) Willingly. (laughs) no No one made me. A lot of people do wonder, why would you move from Paris to Birmingham? And I'll tell you. It's because on day one, I saw the funniest thing I've seen in my entire life at New Street Station. It was a really drunk man, right? He was scooched over, singing, she's electric. (laughs) (laughs) To a vending machine. (laughs) That's when I knew this was the place for me. I'm not just French, don't worry, I'll explain the face now. Um... (laughs) You were thinking it. <laughs> I'm a half-Algerian. It's a small Muslim country. It's just outside Slough. They <laughs> the scared. I take a lot of boxes, but my favorite box to take at the minute is I've been wearing pregnancy dresses. And I am not pregnant. <laughs> but I think that in life, you don't dress for the job that you have. <laughs> You dress for the job that you want. (laughs) And the job I want is um, maternity leave. It is... (laughs) It's the best job in the world. It's the best. I want it. Currently in the UK, don't let anyone know I've told you this, right? There's not a single law against faking pregnancies. (laughs) 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 Go and start the rest of your life. <laughs> Why aren't we all doing it? I'm constantly blown away that as adults we could just do that. It crisps in bed all the time. That's what I want to do. <laughs> this is nice, but crisps. Mm. <laughs> uh, I've been in the UK for a while, I've been here seven years. I've moved to Birmingham first, and I'll tell you why. It's because I wanted to experience real Britain. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want the cushion sort of thing of London. I wanted real Britain. I wanted, oh, Susans. (laughs) I love a Susan. A Susan is a Karen that votes Labour. (laughs) And they're some of the best people you'll ever meet, honestly. I used to work with a Susan. When she found out I was bi, she took off her headset. And at this point, I should say I was not a pilot. (laughs) I know I give off pilot vibes. It's a nightmare. She took off her headset, and she said, Just so you know, Celia, I, like cock, no one had asked. (laughs) And that's what I love about a Susan, the confidence of Rihanna. <laughs> I'm also quite bad at like small talk, but with a Susan, you can just ask her at any time of the year how her kitchen renovation is going. <laughs> You're spot on. I used to work in an office, right? A proper British office. Just picture this, wall to wall, people wearing beige, talking about lunch. <laughs> Do you know the vibe every time you'd get in? What are you going to have for your lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a jacket. <laughs> it's like melting it into their chairs. <laughs> i have a jacket with no butter, <laughs> no salt, just a raw potato. <laughs> what are you going to have? <laughs> I think working in an office, though, it's about escapism. I think it's about pretending that right now you're not there. And the way we do it, we're very smart, aren't we? We put a picture on our background of a beach in the Bahamas. (laughs) Now, I've been to the Bahamas a couple years ago, and you'll never believe it. Their backgrounds, various offices in Coventry. (laughs) (laughs) It's very strange. I'm recently single, sad bit. And um, (laughs) there's layers to her comedy, yes. (laughs) Recently single, and uh, me and my ex-boyfriend, the reason we broke up is because about a year and a half into the relationship, we realized that we disagreed on everything. (laughs) But then we did agree to break up. And so for a bit, it was like, oh, what a pickle. (laughs) (laughs) We met the British where we had a one-night stand, and then we carried on. (laughs) I think one-night stands, generally, I'm quite bad at them. Um, I have had one once in November, not bragging, and I I had to stop him halfway through because I realized that he wasn't wearing a poppy. (laughs) (laughs) That's just rude, isn't it? That's just, tell you what, it's a risky joke. When it doesn't land, it's a long minute. uh, I'm quite good at being single, though. I've got this really good technique to get laid. Do you want to hear it? It's quite controversial. What I say is, me, I'm not like the other girls. (laughs) And I know it's not a good thing, right? People hate the women that do that. They're called pick-me girls now. And they hate them because what they'll do is they'll essentially throw other women under the bus in order to get laid. And I think that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more feminist to allow me to throw you under the bus for my sexual liberation than it is to ask me to get laid with feminist literature. That's too hard. (laughs) Mm -mm. Do you guys like books? I hate books. They're so long. Stop typing. (laughs) Mm -mm. I'll watch the film. I won't read the book. I've always had this fantasy of being on a train and I'm reading a book. That's not it. <laughs> I'm on a train, I'm reading a book and then a handsome man walks on and he's reading the same book. And then I tell him the end because I've watched the film. <laughs> I've got pregnancies to fake, I haven't got time. <laughs> but a pick me girl, she'll do wild things like she'll eat an entire pizza. She's wild. Side note: Why is it that when you eat an entire pizza, you're chill, but you eat one entire quiche? <laughs> <laughs> then your entire life, you're quiche lady. <laughs> Every room you walk in, there she is, <laughs> Lorraine. <laughs> Things are changing for women though, they used to get, like we used to get a smile when you walk past someone, do you remember that? But the other day I was in London and I walked past and a man said, what are you smiling for? <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting better. <laughs> I, um, it, I think being single is like it makes you think who your real friends are, do you know what I mean? And my best friend in my entire life is my phone. I love my phone. Do you love your phone? I love my phone. It's the best. My phone knows me more than anyone else in the world. The other day I was trying to make a payment because I'm doing all right. (laughs) (laughs) And my phone filled up all of my bank details except the security codes. And I love that my phone pretends like it doesn't know it. (laughs) Because I've put those three digits in 100,000 times. I know it knows it. <laughs> but he gets to it, and my phone's like... No, you do it.
6: <laughs>
3: and that's real love. <laughs> I, uh, I, quite, I don't mind it in England. I don't. <laughs> it's not amazing, but it's like... It's, it's good it's okay it's fine i like that it's called settled status that's what they give uh eu citizens that decided to stay that's what i got settled status i love that it's called settled status it's not thriving in the uk <laughs> it's come and settle i hope you like meal deals <laughs> but it's hard i um i've been here for seven years and i kind of like I've been doing comedy for five years. And I think the way comedy gets mixed up with your day jobs is quite interesting. Like, I'll tell you a story. About last year, I was made redundant, and I had to apply for a job. And I found this perfect job, perfect position for me. I sent in this email. I said, hello, my name is Celia. As per our previous conversation, please find attached my CV with all the relevant experience. Kind regards, Celia. Now, what I had attached was not (laughs) (laughs) my CV. It was indeed... 60 dick jokes. (laughs) That I'd written for the radio the week before, not for fun. (laughs) I sent out that email. The weird thing is, when you send the wrong attachment, for ages, you don't know you've done that. (laughs) So I was walking around my house going, oh, I smashed that. (laughs) Like what I did with the kind of regards, that was classic. Yes. <laughs> but with a vintage touch. <laughs> Three days later, I get this email back. Hi, Celia. <laughs> now, I'm not one to judge. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like you've attached what appears to be 60 dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> She's observant. <laughs> kind regards, Emily. I said, hi, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I've explained I'm a comedian. I do this on the side. These are jokes that I wrote the week before. You probably won't want to now, but here's my CV if you fancy a read. (laughs) (laughs) Kind regards, Celia. Double kind regards, call (laughs) back. And I thought, I'm never going to hear back from this company. I mean, we've all sent, like, 14 dick jokes could have heard back, but 60, that's... (laughs) When he gets to 60, that's a lot. 20 minutes later, I get an email back. Hi, Celia. We're not going to bother looking at the CV. We actually liked some of the dick jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to come in for an interview? (laughs) Now I get there, to the interview. Now I've been nervous for interviews before, but never in my life have I been like, I've got to remember those dick jokes. (laughs) (laughs) They're gonna ask and it's never the ones you think. (laughs) (laughs) So I get there, Emily's sitting there, she's very corporate and she's the type of corporate person that pretends they're not corporate. She was like, oh, that's crazy, huh? (laughs) I'm like, what's crazy? She's like, that we invited you after the wrong attachment? I'm like, yeah, you guys are wild. You're not corporate at all. (laughs) Me and Emily really got on, really did. She ended up offering me the position. I didn't take it because they're really unprofessional. (laughs) But I have been in the UK for a while and I've got a pretty good impression of a British person. Do you want to see it? Yeah? Yeah? Oh, this is the most extravagant setup for this impression. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry, can I just squeeze past? That was a British person being born. Right, you've been so adequate. At times I were like, they're laughing too much and then you really brought it home with the bits you didn't laugh at.
6: <laughs>
3: and on this note, welcome back to the stage, Deborah Francis White, thank you. <laughs>
0: Sally Raby, everybody! Isn't she great? You're starting to give Sheffield a run for their money. You're not quite at peak Sheffield. But then we're only, you know, we're not even halfway through it. Well, we don't know. We're nearly through the first act, in fact. Um, I left my phone on the stage for two acts. Can you imagine? There are just so many calls on here now. (laughs) So incredibly exciting. Um, It's like leaving a newborn baby unattended, isn't it? And then you come back and it's just, you know, needs everything. Um, So listen, uh, Bruce, just while I'm here, um, are you still enjoying the show? Who's been your favourite so far? It's tough, Bruce. I'm asking you a tough question because you're a, you're an insightful man. It's obviously you. Thank you, thank you, Bruce. It's me. Well done, Bruce. Did you hear that? Can you pass that, Stuart, back to the rest of the comics? It's everything to play for, but currently I'm the favourite. This is like the French election all over again. Don't know who Le Pen is. Did anybody think of anything else Shakespearean they'd like to tell us, Miss? (laughs) Miss? Yes? <laughs> Miss Helen? Have you got anything else Shakespearean? Feminist Shakespearean or just Shakespearean that you'd like to tell us? Or just feminist that you'd like to tell us? Okay, just I, do, I think that was Anne Hathaway was quite a bit older when she married him. She used to babysit him. <gasps> this is a scoop, isn't it? <laughs> Hathaway was Shakespeare's nanny. No. Babysitter. And then she he got her knocked up. She was only five or six years older, okay. Yeah, but he married an older woman. So you're trying to say he's the kind of guy who isn't just, you know, looking for younger women, trawling. Eight years older, sorry, we've got an advance on eight. Have we got any advances on eight? Have we got... Do I hear 10? Do I hear 10? Do I hear 12? Do I hear 12 years older? So he was, he was eight years older. She used to babysit for him when she was 18 and he was 10. But they didn't get together right till he was of age. I don't want to hear this Anne Hathaway. He was a teenager. You don't know how old he was? You need to find out. This is... Oh my God, when the Me Too movement hears about this, Anne Hathaway is so getting cancelled. <laughs> Bruce knows! Bruce knows! Come on, Bruce! Of course, Bruce knows. Come on, Bruce. Okay, Bruce, I'm coming to you. Okay, I don't know if any lighting can be provided. Thank you. Okay. Bruce, what do you do for a living, Bruce? I'm retired. But what did you do?
1: You're going to hate this. Go on. I'm a Lutheran pastor.
0: You're a Lutheran pastor. Why would I hate that, Bruce? No. Yeah. Many people
1: do.
0: Yeah. No. I do understand what I. I used to be a Jehovah's Witness, and uh, it was a very patriarchal cult. Um, So I'm not as fond of clergy as even you think. Um, (laughs) However, Bruce, look, there are always some good guys in every, you know, tricky area. And I, and I believe you to be one of them. Am I right?
1: Thank you. I hope so. Yes.
0: great well you would say that to be fair bruce um (laughs) the bar's very low for men isn't it they can get a round of applause for anything i I basically said to him are you not one of the bad guys he said i'm not and then everyone went (laughs) um bruce so uh what what sorry what i've forgotten the question you're being asked now you ask me what i do no no but but why have i come to you what was the
1: Uh, what was was that
0: Anne Hathaway. Oh, Anne Hathaway. You know. Okay, okay, okay. we wait, wait for the mic, because this is a podcast and there are people at home who want to
1: know. Shakespeare was 18 and she was 28.
0: Okay, all right. It's eighteen twenty-eight, So that's, that is an advance on it. That's 10 years. How do you know so much about this? Because I thought you must have been like an English professor. No. Someone said, because he's a tourist, he's just done the walk. <laughs> have you just done the walking tour? Oh, you've <laughs> just done the walking tour. No. Because it's,
1: it's something that I learned in college and always loved, and that's why I'm here.
0: Wow. I can't believe you can remember what you learned in college. Because, in a, not because I'm saying you're old, although evidently you are. I'm
1: pretty damn, I'm pretty damn old, yes. But. You
0: are clearly old, but that's, I'm not saying you're old. That was right. not the point. The point was...
1: That, but yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying you're... not. I mean, no. It, no. no. This is Bruce... Truth be
1: told. Yeah. Yeah, truth be told, I am.
0: Don't, listen, it's ages to go, oh, no, you're not old. Old is good. Old is wise. Old has years on it. Old is, why do we all want to look like 21-year-olds? Why why do we go to doctors going, can you make me look like a woman who doesn't know that it's going to cause trouble to snog her best friend's boyfriend? (laughs) Give me the perky tits of a woman who thinks she knows more than her mum. It's just, she's just asking to look like a fuckwit. If you are 21, no disrespect, but also no respect either. You haven't earned it yet. You haven't earned it yet. Hello, guilty feminists of Australia and New Zealand. We are coming to you, by which I mean, Grace Petrie and I are getting on a plane and we are flying 24 hours to see you. Uh, I am so excited about this because I haven't been to Australia for two and a half years and it's where I was born and raised. So I usually come back at least once or twice a year to see my family and all my guilty feminist massive. And this is going to be quite moche for me, I'll be honest with you. Uh, if you're going to be at any of these shows, you're probably going to see tears as well as laughter. I just want to be with you whole un- down under gang again. Like the shows, they're legendary. They always feel so powerful, so important, so joyful, so hilarious, so, you know, fraught with resistance, feminism and song um i just can't wait so i'm going to tell you where we're coming on the 13th of july we're going to be in adelaide on the 15th of july we're going to be in perth on the 17th of july we're going to be in canberra on the 18th of july we're going to be in canberra but please bear in mind the shows will be totally different with different guests so you can come to both of those 19th of july we're going to be in brisbane 20th of july we're going to be in melbourne 22nd of july Christchurch. 23rd of july auckland 24th of july wellington 27th of july sydney Confirmed guest car hosts include Steph Tisdale in Brisbane, Celia Picola will be in Melbourne, Geraldine Hickey will be in Adelaide, and Cal Wilson will be everywhere else. That's Canberra, that's Perth, that's all the New Zealand dates. Uh, Get your tickets now. We will also have Grace Petrie with us, uh, singing up a storm, and local feminists who we will be talking to and going in for the deep dive conversation. Do not miss it. I'm desperate to be with you. Please be there if you possibly can. Send people, bring everyone on your WhatsApp groups, introduce people to it that hasn't been there before. Let's have a Kiki
1: Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello,
0: Stratford-upon-Avon. Are you ready for the second half of The Guilty Feminist? Then please welcome to the stage your host for this evening, Deborah Frances White. Bruce, did you come back? Yes, you did. I wasn't sure you were going to, Bruce. I thought he might feel he's too much the centre of attention now, or maybe his ego's run away from him and he's just running round the street shouting, "I'm Bruce! I'm Bruce!" Um, you're, I mean, you'll be famous in Stratford upon Avon tomorrow. People will stop you on the street. Are you staying tomorrow? Counting on, yes. Counting on it. Excellent. Excellent. Can we call you Father Bruce? <laughs> to- sorry? Just Bruce. Just Bruce, just because Bruce. Just Bruce, you're retired. Yes. Are you still a father if you're retired? Yeah you are, so we could call you Father Bruce Miss, we've got Miss Helen, Father Bruce <laughs> it's an unusual show in every single way <laughs> it's normally just regular people but we've, we've found here in Stratford, that's already a thing <laughs> um, just uh, something I've been asking audiences around the country is for an act of feminism and uh, the first act of feminism we got, the first time I asked this in London, it was too good and um, people got intimidated and didn't want to say anything else um, laughter So, has anyone got an act of feminism they think will intimidate nobody? (laughs) I feel like the people on this side, you haven't joined in much, if I'm honest, the people at the front always get lots of love, and Bruce is sort of on the cusp. Um, But you guys over here, I've really hardly spoken to you. You've got a Choose Love t-shirt, yay! Oh, you're you're looking at me like, please leave me alone. Um, Yeah, it's exactly that. Okay, I'm going to keep moving on to somebody who was. She sat in the front row with a choose love T-shirt on. I don't know what she was expecting. Um, anyone got over a mini act of feminism here? A mini, tiny, yes. Stop wearing makeup and bras, makeup and bras. but not today. Okay, great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the. That is a brilliant act of guilty feminism. As you said it, I thought I'm pretty sure you're wearing makeup right now, and if you're not, you have. Flawless porcelain skin and beautiful large eyes. Just at work you've stopped. Yeah, and because you don't like your job and it's a protest. <laughs> some sort, some sort, yes. Anyone got anything better than that? Anyone, anyone thinking I can clear that hurdle? Yes? My uh, husband took over a conversation about incel at a dinner party and another man about In fact, the that I gave So your husband... Any, any any act of feminism that starts with my husband. (laughs) I'm questioning. My husband took over a dinner party with a solid feminist argument about, no, hold on, we're getting to you. (laughs) About incels, but thanks to the literature you'd given him. So you'd had him read up. Laura Laura Bates, you'd shut him in a a room, (laughs) shut him in the laundry room with Laura Bates on speaker. And you said, listen to that about incels and you get yourself ready for any future dinner party. <laughs> and then on the day, he was able to regurgitate the brainwashing. And, no, listen, I've been in a cult. I know how they work. And they are, they're effective. They're effective. I, I always worry, you know, if you've been in a cult, it's very easy to start one. This isn't one, lock the doors. Um, <laughs> great. So you schooled, basically, you're, you're outsourcing feminism there. Yeah, you're like, yes. let the men do it. we're busy we're busy, I'm not doing all the emotional labour and all the feminism we've done our work for so long, long. yeah they've got to do some work for us, Uh, just give us a cheer if you think men should be doing more feminism (laughs) Bruce have you done any feminism lately? Lately. yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's on holiday (laughs) (laughs) the bar is too low for when I asked him what he did for a living he was like you're not going to like it which implies which implies that not all of his career has been as feminist as he wishes it had been and you're shouting he's on holiday leave him alone he doesn't have to feminist on holidays I suggest he's making up for lost time Bruce I'm sure you have done feminist things in the past and we'd love to hear about them but I have to bring on uh, our first comedian what was that? Give me time to think give you time to think yes <laughs> Stretch something up there. You must have done something feminist once, Bruce. You're thinking hard. Okay, well, listen. You've, you've done something feminist by coming along tonight. Oh, the bar is low for men. Um, <laughs> wanted to come to King Lear. But didn't have anything else to do. Bought a ticket for this. What a hero. Um, <laughs> this is what we think of men. If you haven't seen her one-hour show, Hench... It was an absolute phenomenon. Got nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award. Has been made into a special. You will be able to see it on screen. Where can we see it on screen, Jess? Uh, Amazon. Amazon. You can Sorry. see it on Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Bezos has done something feminist there. <laughs> Bruce, you don't want to be less feminist than Bezos. That would be very bad for you and the whole Lutheran gang. You don't want to be bringing that. Yeah, yeah. You could, put, you could make my special, Bruce. And put it on Lutheran TV. These are just suggestions. <laughs> um, she's got a new hour out called Wench uh, that's going to be coming soon. It will be touring the country. I'm sure she'll tell you if it's coming here or near here. Um, but it will be at the Edinburgh Festival this year. Give us cheer if you're going to the Edinburgh Festival. Uh, great. You will be booking a ticket for Wench as well as Celia A B show and Jess Robertson's show. Um, you will have also seen Jess Foster Q on QI. <laughs> and live at the Apollo Woo! But now you're seeing her at the Guilty Feminist! Woo! The best place of all. Put your hands together and make incredible woo-hooing noises for the wonderful Jessica Fostacu! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes, please! Oh. Yeah. Jessica Foster everybody! Okay. The wonderful Jessica Foster Okay. Our first guest today is an award-winning producer currently working as Director of Digital Development for the Royal Shakespeare Company. Please welcome to the stage Sarah Ellis. Yeah. Woo-hoo.
6: Hello.
0: Hi. Where do you oh, Sarah can sit there. Yeah. She is joined by an actor an educational practitioner who has performed in a multitude of Shakespeare productions including for the Royal National Theatre, Shakespeare's Globe and the RSC. It doesn't say this on my clipboard, but she's also been in Justice League and Wonder Woman. Please welcome to the stage, Anne Ogbomo. Okay.
5: Okay. Very welcome, everyone.
0: All right. We're going to get right down to it, gang, because normally we run over and we're always allowed to, but at the RSC we're not. Apparently you've got to come down when you've got to come down. And Bruce has taken up far more than his fair share of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way men centre themselves is fascinating to me. <laughs> Somehow he's made yes, a show it's all about. nothing that. to do with you. Uh, it really... It's, no, he's a magnetic fellow. OK. Um, he's <laughs> got charisma, there's nothing anyone can do. Now, um, what I'm going to ask is this, and it's a bit of a... It's a tricky question in this space, because I love this space. Uh, there are a lot of theatres in this country dedicated almost exclusively to the work, a number of theatres dedicated almost exclusively to the work of one extremely dead white man. <laughs> and it's all they do, Anne, over and over again. And it's not, that's not the case here. Sometimes they also do a bit of Marlowe. Um, <laughs> or, you know, or sometimes something a bit a bit other. But it's, its job is, it's the Royal Shakespeare Company, its job is to do Shakespeare. But we also have The Globe. We also have a lot of Shakespeare at The National. There's an English touring Shakespeare company, I think, as well. There's a lot of... And then every other, you know, theatre's doing Shakespeare from time to time.
5: Why haven't the other playwrights got their own royal company?
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> is, this, is this a problem? Are we too obsessed with Shakespeare? I live with a Syrian man uh, lives with my husband and me, and he, when we're talking about Shakespeare to him, he said, yeah, we've got a lot of poets that good in uh, the Arabic world. He kind of finds it a little bit funny that we're so obsessed with one man, he's like, is this the only good one you've got? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. (laughs) The women weren't allowed to write anything down, or if they did, it got stolen by a man. We saw Amelia, we know what might have happened. Can I ask you about this? How do you feel?
7: Oh, how do I feel? Okay, so... I've worked for all of those companies, by the way. So, uh, I
0: don't want to get you not.
7: No, for it's no more jobs. fine. I, <laughs> I, just get you cancelled. Whatever guest I say here, I will work again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've done Wonder um, Woman. Now you're fine. I think it's interesting, isn't it? So, as you know, I'm an actor. I've performed in a lot of Shakespeare, but I've also dedicated as much as my time to um, doing workshops with young people, people in prisons, people in the corporate world sometimes doing Shakespeare and I was doing this at a place in London with adults so it might be lawyers, doctors, whoever, adults who want to do drama. Anyway I was doing um, the palm to palm speech from Romeo and Juliet, don't know if you know it but essentially it's the first time Romeo and Juliet meet and they basically, their foreplay is palm to palm. It's fantastic. Fantastic. I won't try and uh, quote it now. But um, I do a particular exercise where I get people to just do the S sound. So you've got you've got um, a group of people pretending to be Romeo and Juliet and they're speaking in chorus. Then behind them, you've got people on the Romeo side and the Juliet side. And we we don't do it by, you know, what your gender is. You can be on whatever side. (laughs) And behind Juliet, you've got to um, echo all the S sounds that you hear. So any word that has an S sound in it, you echo that sound. And... um, Behind um, Romeo, it would be something else. I can't remember now. I haven't done it in a while. And after doing the sounds, you'll then echo the words that have those sounds in. And it's really fantastic. It's just very sexy. Anyway, at the end of it, this guy came up to me and he said, "Is, is this really true? I said, yeah, this is what Shakespeare wrote. And he said because that's how we woo in my language. And I said, what's your language? And he said, Arabic. And I just thought for a minute, here we are, and no offence, Shakespeare and our greatest playwright, and often sometimes people say the greatest playwright in the world, but there are other parts of the world where people speak their actual the language that they use and the way they might interact with each other in, you know, on certain occasions does require what we have with Shakespeare. And um, I hope I'm answering your question. You are, but also just such a
5: damning indictment of what our, like, love language to woo people is here. Do you know what (laughs) I mean? No wonder we think Shakespeare's a genius when we've got, get your coat, love, you've pulled. (laughs)
0: I love yeah, language i our seem put... Britain to be negging. It's yeah. just awful, you know, and it's true. When, I, when, when Steve first lived with us, he's from Syria, um, Steve short for Mustafa, he would say things all the time. I would say, that's so poetical. He's going, oh, I'm translating directly from the Arabic. And now he doesn't do that anymore because he's been here five years, mm. so now he just speaks like a Londoner. But his language was full of poetry all the time. Yeah. I think we're so Anglo-centric. I think we're embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I mean, I can't comment on that, maybe, because I don't feel like Anglo whatever, I guess, just me. But it definitely was a moment that opened my eyes. Not that Mm. they were closed already, but that actually, I think... I would love, personally, in this country... And we had it here at the RSC when um, there was the complete work season. I don't know if anyone came here at that time, but you could see a Shakespeare play performed by companies from all over this country, but all over the world as well. So you had companies come from Brazil. You had companies come from Japan. It was absolutely amazing just to see other people's take on um, these pieces of work. But me personally, what I would love, and I feel we're deprived, I certainly was deprived of it at school, is also access to the other great poets from other parts of the world. And I know that's hard. I can't speak Arabic. I don't know Mm. if you can. Um, Maybe you've learned a bit. I don't know. Uh,
0: Yeah, I have. But I just
7: think it would be lovely if we were exposed to more of that. But, what we do have um, here, certainly that I know of is that we are we can be exposed to different interpretations of Shakespeare, and certainly for me myself i 'm currently in a um, part of a company at the globe we're doing king lear it's going to be fantastic Catherine hunter is playing king lear i'm playing Goneril. please come to london please yes. come to london bruce to see it <laughs> yes. it's going to be on from the 10th of june and um in that rehearse room quite often it's happened quite a few times where an actor has said you know we don't we don't have this in our culture we don't do this anymore but you know, looking at Shakespeare and looking at mm. it in context, and I'm sat there going, "Do you know what? That was just my house growing up." <laughs> mm. You know, being from uh, my parents are from Nigeria, and you know, there are so many things in Shakespeare that I identify with in terms of the Nigerian culture that actually still exists for many people in many mm. parts mm. of the world. But I'm in a rehearsal room where the assumption is that actually it's not like that anymore, and it's mm. like. Oh, well, you know,
0: it is. Well, my friend was doing Romeo and Juliet in India and the audiences there were like, yes, that happened to my sister. And she went, I'm never doing Romeo and Juliet in Britain again because it's all people kind of sitting with their arms folded going, as I thought, the Juliet, especially had a lot of promise. No one's going, that happened to my sister. And she said it really brought it to life. Um, I'm going to ask you now, Sarah, you are the Director of Digital Development. Now, that's not a post I thought the RSC would have? Because it sounds very modern. How are you seeking to make Shakespeare relevant, as relevant as I think he'd want to be uh, now?
8: Um, yeah, no, it's not, It's not, is it? But it is, and it's been, a, it's been there for a while, and I think, riffing off what Anne's saying, I think... You know, the why Shakespeare element is, is hugely important. But from what I can see, it's a starting point and a connection. Yeah. And I'm interested in where people are at now and where people are at in the future. And particularly in the pandemic, we saw mm. huge inequity in people's homes. We saw huge digital inequity and stories and connection and people... Um, finding creativity was a way that people could connect at a really, really difficult time.
0: But you're not just like recording
8: people and putting them on the internet. You're no. doing something very different. I'm putting our theatre in a game engine and seeing where that goes. <gasps> Stop wow. it.
0: Yeah. What? Yes, could please. Could you make like
5: um, a digital version of our version of Taming of the Shrew? <laughs> I, do you
0: know, um, we'd
5: come back and re-record
0: it. We'd you, learn the lines. Do you know what? It would be
5: an honour and a privilege yeah.
8: to do that's,
0: that. that. That's sorted and settled. She said that. That's... We'll do a version. Would you, could we do a Shakespearean version? I've got a feminist version of um, uh, the Once More onto the... best I've ever done. <laughs> I don't say that. There's probably casting directors in. Um, uh, I've got a feminist version of Once More onto the Breach. Have you? Yeah. yeah. I would like yes. to see that. I, I can, I'll do it for you. I don't think... I want to hear more from you, so I don't think I've got time to do it tonight. Um, but I'll do it for you at the back. Um, <laughs> there's a, a room for a sort of sidekick shrew in it, or...? <laughs> <laughs> There, there will definitely be. Okay, cool. But you're doing like stop motion and things like that. Motion capture. Motion capture. What's motion capture? What's so the motion capture
8: in the most easiest sense is Andy Circus doing Gollum in, in yeah. Lord of the Rings. Gollum, or the little bobble. Yeah, the the shrew is coming to life. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a shrew, a real mm. shrew. Oh, all yeah. the ping pong um, balls, yeah. effectively. Yeah. Um, but uh, what we found is that these technologies are wonderful when you put them with actors and performers and
7: stories. And also... I
5: Sarah pointed towards Anne there and not...
7: <laughs> stories. I just, Listen, I just did much ado about nothing here and we did not get as much laughter as you did.
0: <laughs> but did you do... When you said something rude, did you go like this? They always do that. They do like a thrust whenever they refer to... They say, coxcomb, and they do that. And then the audience knows to laugh. Um, so I did that because I've seen it a lot. Um,
8: Are we doing notes
0: after? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> But, yeah. I, I, how do we make it now and relevant and present? And should we be doing that, or should we be just going, let's write now, let's get some new voices in? Like, how do we balance the canon, which is so predominantly white and male, and getting new voices through? Is yeah. this one way? Like, you, you've got women in doing the digital side. We've got some women doing digital? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Grow up.
5: <sighs> I.
0: I don't understand that, Joe.
5: Oh, Best nice. not explaining it to Debs. Best not let it ride. Let it go. No, let it no, go. No, moving on.
0: <laughs> Bruce, explain it to me, please.
5: <laughs> another oh, the, digit oh, is another word for a finger.
0: Oh, not me, women doing digital. Yeah. I see now. Yeah, it's very rude. Bruce is right there. Come on, and Miss Sorry, here as well. Um,
7: Okay. What, what Mil- were you going to okay. say? So, what would I say to that? So, Anne. Um, Save us, Anne. and we need you. Okay. So, just to uh, let's just forget fingers and digital <laughs> stuff. Um, so, um, in terms of Shakespeare, pers- I feel talking to people after seeing a show or just different friends. At the end of the day, Shakespeare has become a religion, right? It's Mm -hmm. just a fact. People come to the theatre wanting to see the way they want Shakespeare to be performed. And if they don't see it they're unhappy, right? So what we need is different denominations of Shakespeare. We should just all accept it. We should give them names. It should start with dead Shakespeare. That's for the people who want to see dead Shakespeare. And then it might progress to, I don't know, historical Shakespeare for the people who want historical Shakespeare, you know, how it was done. Yeah, how it was done. Well, there's a name for that at the Globe, which is um, original practice Shakespeare. And I've done One of those. Okay. Now, I've done one of those playing a guy. (laughs) Doublet and hose. Ooh. I will not tell you what they made for us women playing men in original practices, Shakespeare, in order to, you know... You will tell us. (laughs) Will is a very good word in this case. <laughs> they, We had plastic funnels. <gasps> <laughs> so you undo your doublet and hose crotch. She-wee. And you're expected to somehow be able to you know do what men do with this plastic anyone who's ever used one they do not work no and when we were asked when we asked you know how do we wash these things apparently your own urine washes these funnels (sighs) That's sorry absurd. everyone I've just totally ruined your evening <laughs> no, no, no 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 that was my experience doing a run in an original practice is Shakespeare playing a guy so it's awful so um, wow. anyway so I think you're I've not people who don't like the... change so, like sorry.
5: plays that smell of piss
0: exactly yeah. <laughs> so, so I, the look on your face is just like yeah. you
7: look horrified <laughs> if you
0: are a cisgender woman and you were looking to do OG Shakespeare please know you will be wearing a funny yeah, practice anyway, with a Shiwi.
7: So, We've got our different denominations and it should be stated, you know, when a show is advertised, it should just say which type of Shakespeare it is at the end yeah. of what the
0: What are day. the good what what not good the ones are what are, the good what, are the, ones? what are the progressive ones? I shouldn't say good. All oh,
7: prog- oh, that's that's progressive. Well, what are progressive the progressive Shakespeare? Maybe. Progressive. But um, do you know what I've? In terms of Shakespeare that I've been involved in, that I've just thought this is it. My very first ever professional experience was doing Shakespeare in a prison. Only two professional actors: myself playing Portia and Julius Caesar, and another actor playing Brutus. All the other characters were played by residents of the prison, and. I mean, it makes me tingle to this day to think of how the guy playing Mark Antony Mm. said, pardon me, thou bleeding piece of earth, that I am meek and gentle with these butchers. Now, he did not say it how I just said it, but the, the sound of his voice and what he brought and what everyone in that performance brought, it was relevant, relevant to the point where we had a kind of battle scene. People had shields and they had things to hit the shields with and they were made with a particular type of perspex that apparently you couldn't smash. And I tell you what, the guys made sure that they smashed these shields. And we we soon realise it's because they wanted you know to, they, it was deliberate they wanted to get the pieces of shard they for, wanted ships oh my God. but you know at the end of, but still it's relevant do you get yeah, what I mean it's I relevant to that space and just the I guess the clue is so to answer your question in terms of what I would like to see is Shakespeare that matters where the people speaking the words are speaking the words because this matters, and it has to matter today. And I think, you know, you need people performing it who, for them, it matters today. And in that prison, it matters mattered for those men speaking it. I've done Shakespeare with a company called Inter, Intermission Theatre, And it's lots of young people. It was set up by um, Darren Raymond, I believe, and we did Shakespeare at Westminster Abbey and at The Globe. And again, you've got a group of people who... And there's loads of poets and rappers in this, um, and singers in this theatre company, and the words meant something, and it came from a real place. So for me, that's the sort of Shakespeare I want to be involved in and see. And I call it raw Shakespeare, I felt we had it here with the histories. You said that you saw their oh, history. the histories. I was in incredible. that. Were you? I was, you that watched was the, the marathon like yeah, in yeah, 2006 that, to yeah, eight?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the greatest experience of my life. Thank you, thank you, thank and you. I thought, I honestly, I went to that thinking, oh, is this going to be a lot of Shakespeare? Because it was like, <laughs> it was, and I did think, I don't know how I'm going to, but it was like binge, it was before we did binge TV, yeah. and it was like binge yeah. TV. We came out, we didn't know if we'd been in the interval or this was a new play, that's how good it was. We were just coming back in for like more, like it was like, like soap opera is not the right word because it was so brilliant, but it was, it was like soap opera. We were like, fuck, what's going to happen next? And there was a little boy in the front row and he had a shield and a sword. And at one point, uh, I think it was Henry took the, p- took the sword out of his hand and knighted him with it as he was doing a monologue. And everyone was just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing. There were people swinging over our heads. Everyone mm. we were like, in the, loo, in the loo at the interval, we were like, treachery. Like, where are you going to... It was a fucking maze. This to do is Shakespeare. an opportunity
7: now. I didn't know I was going to say this, but I'm a feminist, but... Yes! <laughs> yes! Yeah. That show won me my husband because he was sat in the <laughs> audience one night when I was playing Margaret I saw him in the pub afterwards I didn't know who he was and uh, yeah we're now married so <laughs> what? Yeah. yes. Nice. Stop it! I seriously That's some rose. Did you do any palm to
0: palm action?
7: No, it was. He was probably. I don't know. Maybe he was in awe or terror. I I think he was in awe because Margaret is badass. Yeah, and um, I'm in awe now. I was understudying her, and I just happened to be on that night. Thank you, God. Wow. Um, Oh. Yeah. Otherwise, he might be married to Katie Stevens. I don't know.
0: I love the sound of that workshop so much I wonder if is there any way we could pay you enough to do a guilty feminist workshop of that Romeo and Juliet oh
5: my god I would love that
0: <gasps> really can we make yeah, that happen yeah, Deb let's, let's get saving like can we can we make it happen how many people would we be allowed to have
7: We do you know what I wish I had it because we could do it with this audience oh, and you'd all just it. go away feeling we'll, like tingled and in love with each other we'll It'd be we amazing we need to get saving because we'll,
5: we need to commission that and the taming of the shrew video game okay yes. and we get to wear the um, ping pong balls for.
0: yes absolutely I, I'm so excited by this idea and I really want to do more with both of you um, I feel off. yeah there's yes. an alarm going off saying we have to bring Jess Robinson yes. on but I'm so upset because I, no, I love Jess Robinson so much I'm not upset about bringing yes. really <laughs> on I just yeah. I, want, I want a good half hour more with you we're um, not allowed do, at Shakespeare's house no I know if men are telling us we can't, but... Um, oh, Zebra. It's true, it's true. Men it, from all angles are looking at me going, get the fuck off the stage, we've got <laughs> we've got boy things to do. But um, if you would come to that workshop or you would like to see another episode and make a part two of this, would you just give us a cheer? Woo-hoo! Okay, great. Um... I so wish I could do my Henry V monologue now because it's so right for right now. This is the right moment to do it. But I can't because they'll get upset. Sarah? Yes? yes. We want to follow everything you do. Can we, Is there a way of doing that? Yeah, you can just follow what we do and everything mm.
8: we do here at the RSC. But if you look out there, there are brilliant people doing awesome things in their own spaces, in their bedrooms and wherever. And there is huge creativity happening all over. And So it's not just through us. I think it's through our community.
0: Amazing. Excellent. Well done. We will follow you. Anne, is there any we can see you? you can see me? Do anything with you? At the Globe.
7: <laughs> yes, you can what see do you do? me at the Globe in uh, King Lear. From the 10th of June, I believe, to the Amazing. 24th of July. Bruce, you're going to be there. Let's have a drink afterwards, if that's okay. That's how she met her husband, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's got
0: her eye on you, I'm telling you. Listen... I don't want to make any assumptions about Bruce. He's here with a husband, but that's not stopped anyone before.
7: But just in terms of Shakespeare, obviously, as well as um, the work that's happening at the RSC, I would say, you know, if you haven't looked up Kate Tempest, look at Kate Tempest. Oh. I'd say look up hip-hop Shakespeare, which is a guy called Akala, who is just absolutely... Yay! Good. We know Akala here. Fantastic. And also actually look up um, Intermission Youth Theatre as well. And um, I'm sure there are others that I don't know about, but they're just three people, three groups that I know have done work with Shakespeare that is different and fantastic.
0: Well, I, it's just been such a pleasure today. I really do want to organise this workshop with you. And anything we can do with you at all, I would love that. <gasps> this has been the best night! <laughs> this might have Cleared Sheffield! <laughs> basic. Really, really Listen, our final act uh, is the incredible Jess Robinson. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises. It's incredible, Jess Robinson. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much.
4: Oh, it's very. It is way better than Sheffield, isn't it? Having a lovely time. You're brilliant, you guys. Um, I'm a feminist, but I go through life using other women. I do. <laughs> I do. You see, whenever I want to uh, conjure a certain mood, I like to look inside myself. Not in a gynecological way, (laughs) although Siri, remind me to book a smear test. And if that set anyone's phone off, you are so welcome just doing my bit. Sorry about that, Bruce. Um, No, uh, I like to look inside my own head and decide what celebrity I'm going to channel Because what I've discovered is there's a different impression to suit every mood. The voices in my head are my holistic medication. If I can't be me, I'll be someone else who can deal with the situation. And though it might sound strange, it's my coping mechanism. Sometimes my brain's so full I think I need an exorcism I get up in the morning, eyes are bleary, can't stop yawning And I'm filled with regrets about watching 17 box sets I'm feeling pretty shameful, is that a Big Mac on my table? I've drained my coffee cup, I need a voice to perk me up Suddenly she comes to me Always full of energy Ginger Scottish, five foot tall I hear her shout my wake up call Wake up Having Lulu in my head Is better than caffeine She fills me with boom bang a bang When I run out of steam She helps me light my fire If I get the dose lulu after five or i won't sleep at night going through a lazy phase haven't exercised for days how can i feel more worthwhile now i can't watch jeremy kyle on the sofa in a heap even my fitbit's half asleep energetic as a flannel who can i channel battle cry from a feisty woman whose hips don't lie. Men adore her women fear her. My personal trainer is Shakira Whatever, whatever Shakira in my head stops me from procrastinating even if her constant wiggling is often aggravating. The she-wolf in my spinning class who helps me win the race Oh Rest are small and humble so they don't whack me in the face. Oh, Stacy Solomon to giggle, Rain <laughs> <But Aunt laughs> Kelly to be polite, Brittany in the morning, Aquilera late at night, Cheryl to be pretty, Hillary to be blunt, and I'll channel Katie Hopkins when I want to be a columnist. <laughs> Alanis to get angsty Katherine Jenkins to be classy Janet Jackson Jessie straight polter to be arsing, Miley when I'm drinking Alex Jones on a date Kylie with my neighbours and Jane Torville when I skate I'll be honest I don't do that one very often also I don't really know what she sounds like the only thing I mustn't do is muddle them in my head or I'm Stormy Daniels down the market and Sonia from EastEnders in bed. <laughs> A doof, 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 doof. The voices in my head, they help me to adjust. Without my good old sisterhood, I'd certainly combust. They've helped me in the past when life has really sucked. Oh, yeah! If I didn't have my voices, I'd be completely far.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, and my very special guests, Thank Jessica Postacue, Sophie Duca, Cellure AB, Sarah Ellis, and Anne Ogbomo. With music from Jess Robinson. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The recording engineer was Grundy Lizimbra. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Zelinsky. Thanks to Rachel and Gina Dissio, Stuart Arnold, and everyone at the RSC, as well as all of you for listening more information about this and other episodes, visit GuiltyFeminist.com. Uh, she is an emerging comedian and she has emerged so well and so quickly. She's just won the Newcomer uh, Award at Chortle. I feel that deserves more. I don't think I sold it well enough, though. <laughs> I think that was on me, actually, guys. I think, I normally I say that really well, like, she's just won the Chortle Newcomer Award. <laughs> yeah, it gets more that response. That definitely was me, that was poor delivery. <laughs> but it's a podcast, so we can always take it again. That's, what, that's the joy, that's the joy. The, punt, the, the punters that stayed home, those list, they'll never know. <laughs> this is the reward you get coming out. You see all the mistakes. <laughs> You see, Bruce, if you will, the comedy of errors. <laughs> um, she's a phenomenal new comedian. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from ACAST. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.